I saw wasn't human. Oh, my God! He was very tall. And what's more, it saw me, this thing. podcast is not safe for work and will feature movie spoilers. It will feature scenes described of a graphic nature. It will contain language which most listeners may find offensive. Welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. Welcome back to another instalment of Rawhead Rex in PCs, a sub-series of the podcast under the series where we take a beloved classic, in this case, the, the, the majestic Rawhead Rex from 1986. We break up into digestible, reviewable five-minute segments. I get people from all over the world to join me and we sit down and we deep dive and get into the eccentricities of the filmmaking behind those five minutes. Kinda, not quite. But yeah, we chat about them anyway. We have some fun while we're doing it. Uh, the kicker, because this is a podcast under the stairs, the order in which they are released will not be linear at all. In fact, there's a very good chance this might be the first episode of the series you're hearing. This might be the last or somewhere in the middle. I don't know until I hit that random button when all have been recorded. This episode here is covering minutes 10 through 15 of Rawhead Rex. And joining me is my good buddy, Mr. David Garrett Jr. How you doing? Ah, doing pretty good here. So, uh, kind of an interesting little thing to do to try to, to watch a movie like this. So, I'm <laughs> kind of excited to talk about it. Now, I, I suppose I should ask, did you do... On the PCs and PCs, we had some people that watched the entire movie and just reviewed their little segment. There was others that only watched their little segment and didn't watch the entirety of the movie. What was your approach here? Did you just watch in isolation your five minutes? Now, I've seen this movie before, so I was actually debating on if I was going to just watch the whole thing. But I kind of figured for this, I didn't want to be influenced mm. by what happened before it or mm-hmm. like what happened like in between the two segments that I got. So I just like I watched it through and then so I knew where the scene would end. Yeah. And then went back and watched it again and kind of took my notes throughout both those little like viewings of each segment. I like it. I like it. I, I do like the isolation part. I have not watched this movie linear for the recording. So what I'm doing is basically as and when my recordings are set up, 
I'm okay. jumping around and watching them. So I'm watching everything. I'm basically living the release of this podcast. Like, it's all over the place. So as a result, in some parts, I know what the characters' names are. And other parts are referred to as boy um, or girl. Because I have, not, I have no context for this. Um, you said you've seen it before. Is this one you've seen a few times before? Or is this a... Is this a kind of one and done until you were asked? Um, this one I actually watched when for the movie club challenge, mm. you had put out the thing where it was watch a Clive Barker inspired movie. Yeah. And this is one that I heard. I think actually I heard you talk about so much. I was like, you know what? This one is going to be the winner that I'm going to check out. But I really like the short story. So I was yeah. like, oh, let's see how they like adapted it and everything. And I mean, yeah, it's a. They do some stuff here with it. Yeah, they change it a little bit. Um, yeah. There isn't a marauding giant penis killing people. <laughs> right. Which I can see maybe why, even by 86 standards, where all the drugs were available, I can kind of see why they rein back on that a little bit. Yeah, I, for sure. I'm not entirely sure why they chose the Guar outfit, though. Um, <laughs> which, um, And you would have thought with the money they'd spent on the suit, they could have corrected the demon's cock eyes. Because his eyes are crossing over, it's um, all the way through. So he's like, ah, his eyes are all wrong, and I'm like, you just could someone go? Could someone just like cut and then go in and then just straighten his eyes up and then we'll just reshoot? But no, 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 they weren't giving us that. You landed um, <laughs> in my head when I saw what you landed, which was minutes ten to fifteen. You have another segment that we will be recording, which may have already been released by this stage because the ordering's all fun. Um, I was in the back of my head, I was like, right, so Rawhead's been released at this point, he's on the loose, I think he kills someone in this segment, could not be more wrong <laughs> if I tried. Um, for some reason, we are still in the church at 10 minutes to 15 minutes, uh, and that's that's where we're going to swing in. So, what we're going to do, ladies and gents, is we're going to work through our five minutes. Uh, I have detailed notes. David's got some notes here. We're going to get through them all. At the end, I'm going to ask him for a little recap of what his favourite bit was of the five minutes. And then he's going to tell you where you can check his sultry tones. And he's writing, and you better go and check it out. Otherwise, you are a user. You're a user of media, and you're not a consumer. So, be a consumer and not a user. Uh, right, let's look at this. So, uh, minutes 10 to 15. At the minute 10 mark, um, uh, David Duke is chatting to the Verger, talking about how he's writing a book. And at the 15 minute mark, um, we have uh, also David Duke talking just all the way right through this, where he's being sarcastic to his wife, saying, that's who those kids belong to. I was wondering... Um, <laughs> Okay, right, let's let's talk about all the stuff that happens in between. So, uh, as we're starting here, uh, David Duke is in the church. He has already started looking at some of the, let's be honest, quite horrific stained glass windows. And the creepy little verger guy has been sneaking up on him. And they've just started talking. And David Duke says, uh, it's, a, it's for a book I'm writing. Take some photographs, maybe take a look at some parish records. And the verger says, "Then you're pro I'm, I'm, there's a lot of bad Irish accents in my reviews, and I apologise in advance. So when people are like that, Scottish and Irish are practically interchangeable. They really aren't. Um, the accents are very different. But he's like, um, then you'll probably find them in the rectory. And, and of course, like we can already tell at this point, there's a bit of frostiness between the two here. The verger isn't necessarily all that happy that this 
American guy has just wandered into his church and started asking questions. And uh, David looks like, uh, which is where? And the verger says, out the door, turn right, straight ahead of you. Or as I heard it in my brain, go out the door, take a right at I don't like you, and then straight ahead until you reach <laughs> fuck you. Um, he's like totally, he's like, he's so angry. Um, like, like we're giving directions, we're being helpful. It's very unchristian, David. Right? I'm, I'm not. Well, I'm, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> is like I was under the assumption that like you could go into a church for the most part, like whenever, and they're supposed to just kind of like even just give you kind of like sanctuary, even yeah. if you just just want to go up and you know like say a little quick prayer, maybe light a candle or anything. I would like. It definitely gives you this weird tone from the beginning of this little segment <laughs> that they either don't like outsiders or just something is off about this guy. Yeah, I've written as the as the next line here. I've said that uh, David Duke says right and then straight, thanks. And as he's walking away, he pulls a sarcastic face, and the verger watches him leave and then looks around weirdly. Hashtag foreboding, um, <laughs> because we know what's going to happen. Very soon with the Verger. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, like, the same as you, I thought that short of going in and pissing on the sacrament, <laughs> like, like priests were supposed to be kind of like, this house is your house, God loves right. everyone, even if you don't love him, I am forgiving, tolerant, come in you, but this guy is having none of it. Like, in the previous five minutes, he's had them continually sing that hallelujah song even when the song finishes the next time we cut back he's hammering it back into them there was not enough hallelujahs in the last hallelujah room edition nope. so we're gonna do it again <laughs> it's just so over the top he's so intense he's just an intense character um yes duke walks out in the rain uh, and meanwhile inside of the church there is the sound of animals which makes a change from uh Small crying children. Um, but well, that was a bad joke and bad taste. But anyway, um, <laughs> the verger's looking around, kind of trying to see where he can hear this from, and then starts uh, walking towards the altar, which is where the Sims appear to be emanating from. And he's compelled. The power of Christ compels you. The power of Rawhead compels you to put your hand on this altar, which he does, and instantly his hand starts grow, glowing red. It appears to be burning him, although there isn't any burn marks. Um, right. I've written here, that's what happens when you're a man of the cloth and you go touching a hot box. Um, <laughs> like, I found that every time I go to write about this movie, the innuendos just keep a flowing out as if it's no one's I business. I feel like that's what you're supposed to, though, with just how this like story is really just based on. Mm-hmm. It's Clyde Barker, you know what I mean? Right. It's Clyde, yeah. Everything that Clyde Barker writes is about sex, like pretty much. If you if you boil it down, it's pretty much about sex. But I do love the idea of the priest touching this hot box and then getting like an acid trip, where he yes. kind of it kind of morphs into like a like an extra scene from the Predator, um, where he's in he's in the forest, clearly not an Irish forest either, and he's walking around and there's weird kind of tribal drums and all the rest and he's following <laughs> something through and then we eventually find like a fire with like a kind of carcass and then mm-hmm. his face morphs into rawhead's roaring face and then it yes. just switches back to normal as if that's a thing i don't know what this is like i'm i, I get the feeling this is supposed to be the essence of rawhead 
I think. I, like, it's never explained in this movie. I think it's weird because, like, having watched this before, I know that, like, he hasn't been given his, like, baptism yet. But oh, I do think the, it's you, interesting. You mean the best scene in cinema history is what you meant to say there. Yes, exactly. That's yeah. exactly what I'm getting at. <laughs> so, like, it's, it's weird that he seems to be semi under the power already, though, even though they haven't come face to face yet. Yeah, it's like it's like he's been enticed and then mm-hmm. like we get like full on Oscar winning acting here from the old <laughs> verger as he lifts his apparently singed non-marked hand and then smiles maniacally at the camera staring right into your soul ladies and gents as the audience and then he starts kind of laughing I've got, ri- I've got written here the verger laughs with, laughs with all the crazies then walks across to the stained glass window and then says out loud, Rawhead. And I'm like, oh, right, cool. So that's going to be in the trailer. <laughs> it's like purely for the trailer cut. Um, and it's interesting as well because this, going back to the whole Predator thing, is you have the sunlight coming through the eyes of Rawhead yep. in the, and it's like looks almost like the targeting thing that Predator has as it's, focused on this, this let's priest. go one step further the dude that plays rawhead rex played the predator oh that's fitting even yeah. better so this is just this is a pretty scene, much a prequel this is a year before <laughs> predator i think i think predator is 87 uh I'm just, right. gonna, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna double check but i'm sure predator is it's 19 it's 87 so rawhead rex did predator steal from rawhead rex maybe is that a rumor that I, mean, I want to start right now? Yes, yes, I do. <laughs> and I am going to help you spread this rumor. He's definitely it's the same. It's the same stunt actor um, who clearly was typecast after Rawhead Rex. We can only oh, put yeah. him in uncomfortable suits and make him run about the place with red <laughs> lights. Um, meanwhile, meanwhile, in the rectory, the Reverend welcomes uh, Big David Duke, and he says, "Come in, come in." Um, and then we're just assaulted by the amount of clocks, which uh, yep. David Duke says, thank you. Oh, look at this. A striking collection. <laughs> um, which, I mean, is full of that American sarcasm, which you guys yeah, don't yeah. understand, but we love. Um, and then the Reverend, just quick as, like, like quick as a fucking rabbit, uh, says, uh, well, it passes the time. And I'm like, oh, yeah, smart, clever old bugger. Um yep. And the Reverend takes his coat and they go into another room, which is also filled with clocks. The madness I like the madness I would go through just sitting in a room where all I could hear is incessant ticking. And Not only that, but if it also chimes at oh, like almost like at the same oh. time, that like that would drive me like I would be as crazy as the verger here if like I was in that room for more than like two hours. Do we think that's what drove the verger insane? It, probably. Because <laughs> <laughs> like there's another part of me of like I like I have like like very 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 good hearing. It, it comes from like years of dissecting like live sound and like, like analyzing music and all the rest. I like like impeccable hearing. If one of those clocks is slightly out, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm I'm going to so be have a tick and then another tick like a quarter of like a second later is just. Gonna... I'm going to be like Dustin Hoffman and Hook trying to find that <laughs> clock that's going where nothing else is going. You know what I mean? Just run the bit of place shouting, Smee, Smee, like this. Um, anyway, um, so the, uh, the Reverend says, Well, now, how can I help you? Because once again, I'm doing my best Irish accent. And David Duke says, Well, when we spoke on the phone, I mentioned I was writing a book. 
Uh, and the book was about the persistence of sacred sites in this part of the country, which I'm just going to say future bestseller. I mean, that's that's not that's not niche as fuck. Um, right. <laughs> I, I, I love the reverend here. He says, I'm sorry, persistence, because this is Ireland and there's one religion in Ireland um, and there's mm. one religion beyond the wall in Ireland. It's kind of like Game of Thrones. Um, that's why they refer to it as the Troubles. Um, and he, he, he says, yeah, you see, a lot of churches are built on sites that have been considered sacred for some considerable time. And I'm thinking to myself, listen, you don't need to... Yeah, what are you tell me this for? I've seen the Borderlands. I know. Right. I know this. Like, Plus, I think... Actually, I think this is the bit that really interested Clive Barker when he was writing the book. And this is the bit... Oh, I believe it, yeah. Yeah, totally stripped out in the movie. They were like, no, we're not doing this at all. We're like, <laughs> giant war monsters, where it's at. Um, the Reverend says, pre-Christian, you mean? And he says, pre-Roman, actually. Although, that doesn't apply here in Ireland. Which is a lovely line, once again cementing the fact that the Romans never quite made it to Ireland. I would argue it's because it wasn't important enough, but we have Irish listeners, uh, so I'm going to say that the Irish were too tough for them. Yep, that's, See, don't yeah. want to offend anybody extra here. Yeah, also, <laughs> uh, I mean, I mean uh, I, I'm mean, i flexing like uh, disproportionately because... Um, Obviously, the just upset our English listeners. Um, the, the Romans did invade the UK, right? And they took all of England with ease. <laughs> like, wasn't very <laughs> difficult for them. And then they came face to face with the Picts, who were like a, a kind of nomadic tribal race in Scotland back then. And mm. uh, so ferocious and troublesome were the Picts that they actually built a wall. They built a wall in the centre of Scotland. Um, and said we're not going any further north than that um, because <laughs> because for obvious reasons so they had suits armors and all the rest we were still wiping our arse with grass um, but that was enough that was enough to terrify them so uh, yeah I mean it would terrify me I'm not going <laughs> to lie <laughs> love it love it love it um, so uh, yeah so he says pre-Christian you mean and Duke says pre-Roman actually although it doesn't apply here in Ireland what I'm interested in is Neolithic sites, fertility cunt, uh, cunts, <laughs> fertility <laughs> cults. That's a Freudian slip. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's also because this is going on YouTube. That's a strike. Uh, one sort or the other. And the Reverend says, here, as if like he played all coy. Um, he says, well, it's very possible. And then the Reverend's like, intriguing. And I'm like, you bet, you saucy old devil. Um... Duke but says, I mean, like, he didn't look at the stained glass window and think, well, okay, I mean, this isn't very Christian. Um, this is the thing that blows my mind about this movie is that, like, I'm the priest in this church, right? I've, I've mm -hmm. shown up at this old sacred church and I'm conducting my ceremonies there. And every time I look over, because there's this red light glowing on the floor, there's a <laughs> fucking giant demon monster, which, by the way, is never mentioned in the Bible. And it certainly isn't Satan. And it doesn't look like a demon. And I'm thinking to myself, why is that in my window? And you know what I'm doing? I, uh, I'm waiting for the next storm to come through. And then I'm throwing a <laughs> brick through the window. And I'm having that replaced with something a bit more, I don't know, Christian X. I don't know. Some some like loaves and fishies. Uh, some angels. Yes, <laughs> like <trumpets>. anything. <laughs> fucking anything except this hideous fucking cockeyed 
red light beaming motherfucker uh, that's just staring like into my soul in the church and everyone else that's in there just making everyone uncomfortable. Um, I'm also thinking to myself, what's the parable that's on display here? Like, there's light that comes from a stone that upsets a demon, and none of it makes sense. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm confused. I'm confused here. Um, I mean, from my limited Bible knowledge, I'm probably gonna say Leviticus probably had to come into play here mm. somewhere, just because there's a lot of really just gloom and gloom type stuff that come from there. So that's the only thing that I would be like, well, it's one of those books. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's some. Like, listen, I'm sure somewhere in one of the Bibles, uh, one of the the. The, the chapters or like one of the Sams or whatever, there is a story of some monster. I don't dispute that. Does it look like Rawhead Rex? That's nope. probably where I'm drawing the line. That's where I'm drawing the line. When laser beams shoot out its eyes, like, like, like fucking a shark that Dr. Evil wants. You know what I mean? When that happens, something's off. Um, so, uh, David Duke says, what I'd like to do is photograph the interior of your church, in particular those stained glass windows. Very interesting designs. And the Reverend says, of course, it's always open. And I was thinking to myself, not according to the Verger. <laughs> like, <laughs> he would disagree. Um, right. I don't like, but I love this later on because there's a little line where something's mentioned. He's like, ah, we'll get back to you. We'll call your people. Um, and Duke says, how about the parish records? Could I have a look at those? And the Reverend says, I'm sure that can be arranged. I'll have Declan look out what we've got. And uh, David Duke, without missing a beat, says, ah, yes, the verger. <laughs> and the reverend stops for a second and goes, perhaps I better come back to you when it's... He sorted it all out. And Duke <laughs> says, that would be much appreciated. And then the reverend says, where are you staying? And Duke says, at your uh, at the um, uh, your pub. And the reverend says, the tall man? And in the back of my head, all I hear is, boy. Um, <laughs> Same here. Like, out of nowhere, out of nowhere. And then we get an image of the tall man, and then I'm thinking the the tall man movie by Pascal Logier, who steals mm. kids, because that's what it looks like here. And uh, at the top, this is a fucking weird section of scenes right now. So yes. we're at the tall man pub. The family are all staying there. The family consists of one boy and one girl who are sitting on the couch, basically talking to themselves. The boy's reading a comic, the girl's playing with her doll. They start fighting. While they're fighting, David Duke is over, leaning over his bed, because there apparently is no tables in this this room here, but there is. But he's leaning over his bed and he's reading some documents. The mother, inexplicably, is in the bathroom, in her dressing gown, applying a shitload of makeup for no reason. They're going nowhere, right? They're doing nothing. They're not going out for dinner. They're not going. If they're going down at the pub, I think she's overdressed. Um, they're yes. not doing. You know what I mean? She's like, she's like, <laughs> she is. She's going all out. She is dolling herself up to the nines, and while she's applying her makeup, um, the kids are. They're fighting. They're arguing. She comes through. Yeah, they're bickering a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, they're doing what kids do. Mm-hmm. It's not the first time this has happened. This is what kids do. This is what brothers and sisters do. Right, and um, as they're doing that, the wife comes through, she sits at the table and she says, two more days of this and I'll go nuts. <laughs> and David Duke says, what do you mean? We just checked in here. And she says, we've been here for two months. And David Duke's like, oh, really? Well, let me correct you, wife, because there's nothing that will instantly get you in your wife's knickers like correcting her 
by mm-hmm. saying something in this. Yeah, we've been in Ireland a month and a half, actually, so not quite. And so that's one to David Duke, zero to his wife. Um, he says, we might not we might not have to be here much longer, though. I've got to check out the records at the church. It's the most interesting sight I've seen. And the wife says, and then? And he says, then we can go to Dublin. It's about a half a day's drive. And I'm thinking to myself, can she not drive? Yeah, I mean, like if it's only oh, half a day. That's a good point, yeah. If it's only half a day, why is she not there? Like, I'd be like, take the kids up to Dublin for a few days to give you peace, to do the thing that you need to do, and then I'll come back and meet you. But anyway. Not like that, but then he would have peace to do what he's doing. 100%. And run around. I didn't even think about that, but that is 100%. Like, I don't understand why. And I mean, it sounds like they either have a hotel there already, yeah. like lined up potentially, or it's probably not that expensive. So I don't understand. Like, it doesn't make or, sense. I mean, it doesn't make sense. Or he Look, could also not... <laughs> have a like uh, fund or something where it's coming out of that where he can, you know, business expenses that'll be able to take care of all this. A hundred percent. Like, listen, if you are a traveling author doing research, mm-hmm. you've been paid in advance for your book. You know what I mean? Except this one might not have just because <laughs> of the three people that are going to read this worldwide. I'm also thinking to myself, yeah, the advance is probably not a lot, but then why are they staying in Ireland for a month? Or a month and a half, yeah. sorry. Uh, it just didn't, like, none of this makes sense. But anyway, um, the kids are misbehaving in another room. The wife says, I, w- I will, I'm going to go bananas. And David Duke shouts at the kids. And then Duke says to his wife, you know, this is a working trip for me, remember? Which is a line that I use less with the working trip, but it's what I use when my wife asks me to do chores when I'm working from home. And she's also yep. working from home. <laughs> and she'll say something like, we could put a washing on and, you know, put the washing out. And I'm like, yeah, where I'm working today. And she's like, so am I. And I'm like, so we are a stalemate. We're both <laughs> working right now. And she's like, yeah, but you could just put on. And I'm like, and she's like, you do the washing better than me, which is a sentence she says often. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, okay. And then I end up doing it. And then I'm hanging up laundry whilst... I, and I'm ho- hopefully no one from my work hears this ever. I'm hanging up laundry while I'm getting paid. Um, and I'm like, this is the weirdest thing ever. I don't. I, I, the dichotomy of that just blows my mind. But um, well, I mean, it saved my wife and I's marriage for the fact that when I work from home, I have like a list of chores that I would do <laughs> because there's something about doing chores on the clock while my job is paying me. Yeah. That just is like, you know what? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do the dishes. It's easier. <laughs> Like, for some reason, it's easier when you know you're getting a paycheck at the end of it. I don't know what it is. It's like being a child again when my yeah. parents paid me to do the chores. <laughs> <laughs> uh, David Duke says, you're like, well, you know, this is a working trip for me, remember? And the wife hits back with, you know, you also got a family. It's a great line. That is primo, like, that's that's like in the top trumps of kind of family bickering, bickering arguments. That's, that's a strong one. It's hard to beat that one. Uh, she says, you know you also have a family. And the closing line is David Duke being sarcastic back. Like, just trying to make sure he never gets sex again. Um, he Ever. says, <laughs> like, that's who those kids belong to? I was wondering, and that's the end of the scene. David, you ended up with nothing but dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> like you film series oh, this is the driest five minutes in this movie overall uh, I do have to ask you though do you have a favourite line or a particular segment in these five minutes 
I mean, initially, I was probably going to go with the stained glass window stuff just because that is so creepy looking. <laughs> yeah. But I am highly sarcastic, and this literal <laughs> argument is my wife and I, like, we might just change some of the things, but there are so many times that I know in my head that I'm going to get in trouble, but yeah. I have to commend him for being like, wait, those are who those kids belong to? Because... <laughs> If my wife was down here right now, she would 100% go, yes, this is you to a T, <laughs> and this is why we're fighting right now. So. <laughs> yeah, it is, it is kind of boss-level sarcasm, um, you know, but it can only be delivered by a man who doesn't give a fuck. Um, he's like, I don't care. Listen, we're all miserable. We're all miserable together, but you know what? I'm getting paid to be here, and you right. are just tagging along. So there you go. Um, yeah, for me, I think it's like my favorite stuff's The Verger. The Verger is so painfully awkward that I kind of love oh, yeah. it. He's, he's just a great, great character from the moment you meet him. He's just like, why would anyone want to spend any time with this man? And then also I'm thinking to myself, that's clearly why I ended up in the clergy because no one else, <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, let me put it this way, it's, it's, it is easier to be celibate when no one likes you than it is when people like you so i'm just gonna say this man this man was like that uh i'm choosing to be a priest it's not because no one likes me i'm choosing everybody growing up with him yeah. is like yeah that's that's why you chose it all that's 100 percent right? why you chose that uh yeah this uh, it's a lot of dialogue but this is kind of setting up for essentially <laughs> all the stuff that's really great right after this which is a <laughs> lot of death and murder and mayhem but uh, you know the thing is you need to get through these things and this is kind of setting up the idea of there's something weird about the church and uh, there's something weird about the verger and this is an interesting sacred site for whatever reason to david duke and that's all you need to know people that's all you need no. now david you are a busy guy you write reviews you have your own podcast let the listeners out there know where they can check out your stuff well my podcast is journey with a cinephile a horror movie podcast and that is available pretty much everywhere as far as i know that you can find podcasts and i also have my blog where i have all of the links to all the episodes in there as well as well as all of the written reviews that i have done and that is horrorreview.webnode.com where all of that can found as well perfect perfect ladies and gentlemen we will be back with another one of these very very soon possibly tomorrow the way i've got this planned in my head this is your month of october and you're getting nothing but non-stop episodes every single day but depending on where this lands it'll either be another one of these or be something filling in a gap and then you'll be getting another one of these i don't know because i should have done the draw before i did this but <laughs> That would involve planning, which I refuse to do. So all I'm going to say is we will speak to you next time.